Welcome to episode 17.5 of the Never Heard of It podcast. I'm Sean Harwell. And I'm Craig Moorhead, and this is the mini-podcast where we talk about the things that probably have not slipped through our cracks. Thank goodness. It's getting pretty cluttered back there. <laughs> it was. It really, really was. Yeah, so we're going to talk about some things that uh, hopefully people are still talking about by the time this comes out. Uh, instead of uh, you know reaching back into time and plucking something out of obscurity. Yeah, we found, we found some timeless topics tonight, I think. I think so, too. <laughs> Evergreen, I think is what they call it. Yeah, especially this first one. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know where to find us online. Go to neverheardpodcast.com. That's got all the little links to Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, everything you want to know, we're there. Um, you want to jump right into it, Craig? Let's do it. Okay. The big news, obviously, is that Steven Spielberg and Harrison Ford are reuniting for a fifth Indiana Jones movie that is not coming out until, correct me if I'm wrong, 2019? That's right. Which seems absurd to even say, I think. Well, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's, it definitely was uh, surprising to see that, but the, the, the overriding emotion that I had in that moment was, and I apologize to George Lucas, who I know is listening, but <laughs> when I saw that it was, it was just going to be Harrison and, and it was just going to be Spielberg sort of on the creative end, I, I felt uh, hope, I felt excited about what it might end up being. I think we can turn that around to not be a diss at Lucas by saying, you know what, sometimes, yeah, there are too many creative cooks in the kitchen. Absolutely. And maybe if it was just Lucas, it would also be a really cool movie. But I think having just Spielberg kind of be the tip of the uh, the spear triangle on this, or the spear, if you will. (laughs) Yeah. I'd say that bodes fairly well for this project from a story standpoint and from a visual standpoint. I agree. The bigger question maybe is the Harrison Ford standpoint who I think, if I'm not wrong, read today, will be upwards of 77 years old when the movie comes out. Um, and even if that's not right, that means he's definitely going to be 75-plus when yeah. they're filming it. Is there a cap? <laughs> Do we put an age limit on an action star? Because it seems like we're trying really, really hard not to, and there's been some very successful examples of stuff that's still kicking. Obviously, the Expendables franchise doesn't seem like it's ever going to stop. Right. Why can't Harrison Ford be Indiana Jones one more time, if not more? Yeah, I mean, I, I don't honestly, I don't see a reason. If he's physically able to do even a few things, why not? Why not just keep him on the treadmill for our entertainment? You know, <laughs> uh, I mean, it, it, it is interesting to, to to imagine what that story might be. I mean, you know, it doesn't necessarily have to be him running from a boulder. It could he could be in any number of situations and and uh, yeah. What what does it look like when this guy gets a little bit old and not just the I'm too I'm getting too old for this crap kind of right. stuff? Which I you know I think yeah you'll get a couple of those one liners because it's Indiana Jones and I want that. But what do you I, you know we were reading that at the end of Crystal Skull he did get married to Marion mm-hmm. and he does have a son. Do you want to see the torch passed on to this guy, to another character, to another person outside of the family? Or do you just want, do you want like a clear cut ending to this chapter of the Indiana Jones saga? Because we all know it's going to get rebooted at some point. Right. Probably within the next 10 years, I'll go on record saying. 
Um, well, what would you like as far as, yeah, what's a satisfying way to, to end this one? I feel like uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull kind of already broke the wrapper on a, the satisfying ending of the Indiana Jones saga. Yeah. Like, I, I felt like Last Crusade pretty much had a nice capper on it, and we could have left it there. <laughs> Honestly, to me at this point, it, it doesn't matter. Keep going, and if they're good, I'll, I'll watch them. I, I almost think about these movies like James Bond in a way at this point, where it's just like, James Bond can just go on forever, and some of them will be bad, and some will be good, and it's not going to change the way I feel about any of the ones that I like. No, I, I think you're right, but I, I I can't help but imagine they're going to hang up Harrison's hat in this one. You know what I'm saying? Like I yeah. feel like that character, we're not going to see him again in any sort of... We're not going to see this actor in that character in any sort of leading capacity. Now they may shift. Well, and I, yeah, and I wonder is, know. yeah, is Harrison Ford specifically trying to murder all of his most popular characters in the movies? And <laughs> well, so and Blade Runner's coming. Working. Yeah, yeah, I know. Uh, yeah, you got the. It's crazy that uh, Han Solo and uh, Deckard from Blade Runner and now uh, Indiana Jones are all happening within yeah. you know five six years of one another. Um, it's nuts. I honestly would love to see this then open up a completely new chapter for that guy. I mean, I think we've all, like, I remember getting so excited when there was a rumor that Harrison Ford was going to be in Soderbergh's traffic. Like he was supposed to play, I think the Michael right. Douglas character, or at least he was mentioned. I, I still get excited about that kind of, like I, I'm yeah. dying for that guy to do that kind of movie. And I think a lot of people are, we know obviously he can pull off that stuff. I mean, yeah. you know, just watching witness is, is, Oh yeah, so so good, but um, yeah. yeah, I don't know. It does feel like he's taken out the uh, the car for one last <laughs> ride yeah. on all of these things, and good for him that he can do it. I think they're going to be blockbuster, huge successes, um, yeah, and hopefully good movies as well. Agreed. Let's move on then. I sent you a link today, Craig, about a movie called Holidays. Yes. Holidays, if you don't know, and I certainly, this was not on my radar whatsoever, but I thought it was kind of interesting. Uh, they're doing a horror anthology film that's coming out April 14th, I think is, uh, let's see here, it's, it's premiering at the Tribeca, and then it's coming out on VOD right after that, and then a couple weeks later in theaters. I think it's all set around Christmas, and then you've got what looks to be several short segments, films, within the larger context, all dealing with that holiday. You've got Kevin Smith. Gary Shore, who directed Dracula Untold, Scott Stewart, who did Dark Skies, Kevin Kolsch and Dennis Widmer, Widmeyer, excuse me, who did Starry Eyes, Sarah Adina Smith did The Midnight Swim, Nicholas McCarthy, The Pact, Adam Egypt Mortimer, Some Kind of Hate, and Anthony Scott Burns, Darknet. Did you check out that trailer? I certainly did. What did you think of that? Because, first of all, I want to just, just know as a horror fan if it, if it interested you at all. But then I thought it'd be kind of cool to talk just for a second about the form of the anthology film. Sure, sure. Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm somewhat interested in it, I think, mainly because of Seth Green. Yeah, interesting. But the just because that, that seems like an unusual choice for a horror movie. I mean, I, I, I automatically like anything that's in the horror vein. Right. Uh, horror anthologies. There are several horror anthologies that I think are great. I mean, the trailer itself didn't really sell me on the idea of watching the movie. It just looks like it feels more like a teaser. 
For sure. Like, I'd, be, I'd be more interested to see one that's like, here's kind of what the stories are, because this is, this is very much like trying to just show as much chaos as possible. And it kind of felt like, all right, I mean, it might be interesting, but I, I, I kind of can't tell just from that. But, uh, but the first thing I thought about was, have you ever seen the movie Trick or Treat? Uh, yes. Uh, yeah. Many, many moons ago, I think. Oh, no. Okay. Is that, so, so, was there not yeah. one from like the 80s? There is, okay. and, and and it's not that one, okay. because that one is, this one is also an anthology movie, but it's all directed by a guy named uh, Michael Doherty. And and I won't take us off track with with talking about this movie, but I heartily recommend it. Oh, definitely. And it is, it's kind of what I would hold almost any anthology movie to to that standard outside of creep show because creep show is just its own thing and I love yeah. it. Um but uh I mean Trick or Treat was outstanding to me. Well conceptually I, I love the idea of the anthology, you know, and it does seem like maybe horror is where it's kind of flourished a little bit. I think there was a uh a comedy one recently, that movie forty three, I think, uh had a ton of people in it. Yeah. Um I, I still haven't seen that. I kinda wanna check it out. And then I remember uh uh, Paris Jatem, the uh, which was sort of a very heavy drama that the Coen Brothers did a, sh- a oh, yeah. segment, and uh, I think Alfonso Cuarón, a bunch of big name filmmakers, and I thought that was kind of cool too. You know, it's um, it's weird to say, but I would be, I, I guess, I'm way more open to watch a short film if it's <laughs> cobbled together with a bunch of other short films and sure. gives me like an hour and a half of entertainment. Um, yeah, you know, it's it, there's something sort of nice about that that I think in the way that. Uh, a good half hour episode of TV works in that you can kind of come and go and then stop and take a breather and, and then watch mm-hmm. something else. Um, a uh, friend of the podcast and uh guest, uh, Todd Rohall uh-huh. was a part of a horror anthology movie really? called ABCs of death. Ah, part two. Yes. He wasn't in part one, was he? No, he was not in part one, but part two. And he has a fantastic one in that, which you should, uh, you should all check that out. Yeah, let's do that. All right, let's uh, let's buzz into the lightning round here. Yeah, let's do a lightning round. Craig, I went and saw Zootopia. Um, as promised, mm-hmm. that was a movie that uh, that and Finding Dory are ones that I think we're going to be seeing. I was talking to my daughter about Finding Dory today. Um, mm-hmm. I won't get into it too much, but I will say I, I left completely satisfied by that movie. Don't know if there's a, a joke in the movie that's better than the, the sloth scene. Mm-hmm. But I, I think there's some solid laughs throughout, and it's just it's a good it's a good story there. It's it's the characters are good, um, the animation's beautiful. It's a cool yeah. concept, and uh, it's well executed, and it's making so so much money right now. I have to <laughs> say, I'm liking my odds a lot better that it could possibly. You're right. I mean, I think it's going to get nominated for best picture, guaranteed now. Because yeah, I don't. Well, nominated, yeah, I don't think there's any question. Uh, not best picture, best animated feature. Yeah, I, oh, okay. I, I think it's going to get nominated. How did your daughter feel about it? She loved it. I, I think she was totally into it. Mm-hmm. It's not been a movie that she's been talking about a bunch since then. Uh, there was a part that was a little scary uh, that involves a jaguar. Um, oh. And so she was talking about that a little bit afterwards. But um, <laughs> yeah. Well, that's good. I'm looking forward to it. Let's talk about uh, just real quickly. Um, the Wachowskis, uh, obviously, right. you know, from now on, I think they'll be called the Wachowski sisters. Mm-hmm. It's an interesting story. Um, I, I think, and maybe, I don't know, maybe that's all you can say about it. Maybe. But I do think 
certainly opens the door in a lot of ways. I mean, I, I do know there are other transgender directors, but not the ones making the size and scope of movies that, that these two people have made. And, you know, the fact that they're related and siblings adds to the curiosity of it, I think, for those mm-hmm. of us. Um, well, I mean, I mean, for people who do, don't have regular uh, contact with transgendered people. Exactly. So I, I don't know. Anything else you want to say about that? I mean, I do think it's just, yeah, it, it's just of note and it's worth mentioning and kudos to them. And, Absolutely. Uh, the only other thing I can think about is, and it's just it's sort of this sort of hypothetical thing, is could you imagine if they were already the Wachowski sisters when, when they made The Matrix? And how different the whole landscape would be right now if that was true. Uh, not, not putting anything on them. Excellent, excellent. But, but just, yeah. but just I, I can't help thinking about, like, man, how that would have just changed a lot of things. Yeah, excellent observation, for sure. Um, wow, yeah, that's a great, great point. All right, you told me uh, that you just watched, uh, rewatched Back to the Future 2 recently. And it's, yes. <laughs> and it's something, I get, did it, did it stick in your craw a little bit in some way? Uh, you know, no, I, I feel like I've been able to let go uh, of some of my baggage with Back to the Future 2. Okay, uh, good. I, I hadn't watched it since, since I mean, it came out pretty much. I, like, I just haven't watched it in many, many, many years. Yeah, I've been seeing it in pieces um, on TV, but I've ha- I haven't sat down and watched it all the way through. Yeah, I, I, th- there was so much that bothered me at the time. And, and I think it's because as a kid, I just, I really wanted something that was as, as imaginative and, uh, and, and just uh, something that would blow my mind as much as the first Back to the Future and now I kind of feel like maybe that was just unfair because I kind of felt like Back to the Future 2 is really just taking it and sort of like all we're going to do is we're going to have fun with this. Mm-hmm. We're not going to we're not going to deepen the emotional journey because how could you possibly do it? The last one Marty was trying to save his his own life and improve his like family's lives and like <laughs> you you really it's you couldn't do it more than that. Save the clock tower. Yeah, so like this one even though like it, it's it's like almost a parody, but it's not at the same time. And it's and it's uh, you you can tell that that a lot of things were probably. I felt like I I, I could sort of feel these moments probably when they were writing it, like uh, Zemeckis and and Bob Gale, when they're just like I don't know. I mean that doesn't seem like something that would really be happening in the universe of Back to the Future. And then they were just like, ah, who cares? You know, let's just do it anyway. <laughs> like, we got, a no- we got a Western to make. <laughs> Come on, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> we don't have time for this. We got to get to the Western. Because, I mean, the tone is completely different. And, yeah. And they bring up these concepts of, like, Marty not wanting to be called chicken and, like, all these things that nothing that happened in the first one. And it, that really stuck in my craw back in the day. Uh, but, yeah, I just wanted to say, you know, like, I watched this one and I just felt like I feel like I turned a corner. Okay, good. Well, uh, if you want to turn another corner, definitely go sure. listen to Crispin Glover was on uh, Mark Maron's podcast recently. And yeah, yeah, he gets into that a little bit because uh, I'm sure you know that he was not in Back to the Future 2. Yes. Uh, at least his face was not in Back to the Future 2. And mm-hmm. there was a lawsuit because of that. He talks a little, he was pretty open about it uh, more than I yeah. necessarily expected. And well, and I was, I was watching for that specifically, okay. and, and a part of his lawsuit was the fact that they did make a Crispin Glover mask mm-hmm. and put it on another guy. And I, and I remember as a kid watching that, realizing that was definitely not Crispin Glover, but I didn't realize to what extent they really tried to make him look like Crispin Glover. And that was, yeah, that was pretty insane. They would even think that was okay. <laughs> it, it's nuts, yeah. Yeah. Um, Interesting story there. A lot of interesting backstory stuff with sure. that whole franchise. Um, Craig, last week I asked you uh, if we had reached peak nostalgia. Yes. Um, because of Fuller House. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And then today I, I read that they are going to probably go ahead with a remake of Cannonball Run. <laughs> Absolutely. So I'm going to go ahead and ask you again. Have we reached peak nostalgia? Apparently not. No, Apparently not, not yeah. yet. That's pretty much it. Uh, a couple just minor little things. Um, mm-hmm. uh, we talked about Midnight Special. That's coming out. Um, yeah. I think this this weekend. I don't know. Can't wait. If you've seen it, then you let me know what you think about it. It might be a little while before I get to see it. Uh, there's also an amazing poster that uh, Mondo, the artist kind of co-op thing, did um, that's out there. Check that out. And, and we'll put up on the site. Uh, yeah, we should do that. We'll do that. Yeah. Uh, Letterbox.com finally has their iPhone app out. Um, it's great. I think they'll probably get a big uptick in, in usage because of that. Um, For sure. Uh, you can also get it on your iPad and stuff. Check that out. We're both on there. Um, I'm going to try to be a little more active on there. I don't always, I don't know, I always feel weird like writing reviews and I go on there and you see these people that have written these most like amazing, eloquent things. And um, it's just, it's a very <laughs> cool site for, for film nerds. And uh, yeah, you can check it out on your phone now. Love it. And I'd like to thank them for paying us today. Yes. Uh, that's going to pretty much pay off my house. So Yeah, it was thank really you, generous. Um, mm-hmm. And the app is free, so I don't know how they're making money. No clue. You know? No clue. You know what, though? Yeah, honestly, I don't care yeah. because that was a lot of cash. Yeah, and you, you, you definitely cashed it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, Craig, any last thoughts? No last thoughts. I think that's good. That's our mini episode. Yeah, episode 17 is floating out there. Uh, we talk about the Japanese film, Why Don't You Play in Hell. Definitely check that out, the episode and the movie. Um, maybe not in that order. I don't know. Whatever you think. Um, and uh, yeah, we'll hear from you soon. Sounds good. See you uh, next time. All right. Next mini time. Later. Right on. Bye-bye. <laughs>